lot of bullshit going on down here. Let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. What you say? What did I say? Yeah, you're over there grunting like Sasquatch. I was clearing my throat, man. Don't clear your COVID. throat when we're just ready to go live. <laughs> the no bullshit news hour. Yeah. <sighs> hey, Karen, how many times we got to tell this audience? Next week's news today. I think they know now, Charlie. I think they know. What's the big news of the week? Forget Biden, <laughs> whatever. In, in Metro Detroit, Michigan, Kwame Kilpatrick, out and free. Where did you start hearing that? It was almost, it was 51 weeks ago to the day. Pete Carmanos letting it be known. He's negotiating with the White House. And here we are. It's like so 2013. We'll get to that in a minute. Joining us political consultant and former whisperer to Kwame Kilpatrick, Adolph Mongo. What's up, Adolph? How you doing, brother? I'm all right, Charlie. What's happening? Uh, we're going to try to get Pete Carmanos, too. He's in Cleveland uh, at his kid's hockey game because you can't play hockey in Michigan, I guess. I, I, I can't even keep it straight. I don't even know what the governor's doing. <clears throat> we will also uh, bring you Detroit Red, the best reporter it's turning out in the whole Michigan press corps as he goes to the Capitol what they called a demonstration but it was too cold and everybody was too scared so nobody really showed up except the Boogaloo boys Boogaloo boys did uh, Magnus Penvidia is going to join us he gave a really impassioned statement at the Capitol steps and I thought we need to talk to him right and then you know a little bit a little bit of news of the week such as the vital records for the COVID deaths, the fakery going on there, the fakery with the statistics from the nursing homes. Do you know it's an honor system? An honor system? An honor system. Oh, boy. Jesus always, Christ. Things always run smooth on the honor system. And then uh, the the great swindle on the election audit. Look, you, I'm on record. No appreciable fraud, right? Mm. But at least do the audit. But they're not really doing an audit, and we'll let you know. It's ridiculous. And finally, our good friend, our young friend, our young brother who's going places, Jordan Ruffin L, got his license. Awesome. He'll be driving and off into his adult life. It was a highlight yesterday. That's great. I felt but, so. But Charlie, that's pretty cool. Kudos to you because you made sure that he got in the time, the road time, the practice that he got to his test. So, you know, when people talk about mentoring, it's not just giving somebody $10 and turning them loose. You have been with Jordan for a long time walking him along this path so thank you for doing that you're welcome and i told the young man i said listen here motherfucker pass the test i'm sick of taking my saturdays drive around shit scared with you he's breaking something to be desired but he's there now but before we get into it okay before we get into it as always remember american coney island i'm gonna say it again i did this a couple weeks but it's beautiful esquire magazine i know it's new york but hey 
They know a few things. They name it one of the hundred restaurants America cannot afford to lose because if we lose places like American Coney Island, we lose who and what we are. We lose our history and we lose a little bit of our future. It's a true regional delight. A Coney dog, proprietary recipe. Flooded with funky chili, a hundred-year-old family recipe. Mustard, Vidalia onions, sweet onions, Michigan and Lafayette downtown Coming February 1st, it'll be open till 10. All right. Because the governor's now allowing that. But currently, you want to go next week, Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 3, Thursday till 9 p.m., Friday and Saturday till midnight, and Sunday, 12 to 5. Sometimes they're not open at midnight, depending if people want to come and work, because that unemployment is so sweet. Nobody wants to work. Oh, remember, Super Bowl is coming. So you don't have to come downtown. Order a Coney kit to your home, a friend's home, anywhere in the 50 states. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. And I'm getting sick of these because she's been selling thousands. <laughs> yeah, you've been packaging a ton of them, yeah. You know, I'm getting up at 5 in the morning on Monday, so <laughs> pack that shit. Right? And as always, as always, Luke Nowacki wants to remind you that if you're not among the ruling elite, right, yeah. It's a, a tough road. You actually got to earn your money, right? So if you're going to have to provide for your retirement and the suits and the swells, right? What are you going to do? You're going to have to look after your money in a wise and... Let a smart man do it. Let us, Yeah, that's because m- money's funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets. Well, not your assets, right, Karen? Because... Thank you. <laughs> Yours is getting so big. You got a heater on your lap. Yeah, look like grandma. Not even 60 yet. Breaking down, got the headaches all the time. You know what part of that headache is? What to do for retirement. Keep playing. <laughs> I'll let you know when to let, take the heartbeat down. Yeah. See that? You just cone stole me there. Write this down, Karen. 248-663-4748. Uh, individual retirement accounts, college savings plans, good old stocks and bonds. Make that call now. Your politicians and your children are dependent on you. Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. Did Maurice send it? He did not send it. Not yet. All right, play the old retread. This is going to sound weird over his feet. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Yeah, that's it. Okay, listen. Let me go on my rant. And while I'm going on my rant, Mark, keep that up there. I like that. I I just like that. Calms me down. I I don't know about you, but I'm flipping on COVID, folks. It's starting to get to me. I'm depressed. Yeah. I I feel unsure. I had nightmares. Yeah. Everyone's worn out by it. I thought my brother had cut his hand off. It was in an accident. And I'm looking, and it's suspended in midair coming down the steps of the house we grew up in as kids. Yeah. It's his hand in midair. But it wasn't his hand. It was his face. The fuck does that mean? I don't know. That's a fun nightmare. Oh, jeez, man. I'm feeling better now. I'm worried, I'm now I'm worried about I'm just, you. I'm feeling better now. <laughs> All right, good. I'm really worried about you now. You're seeing things. Okay, but look, what do we see this week? I tell you what we saw. The same shit. Oh, by the way, share this. Share, share, share. Because <laughs> this is the smartest news show in Michigan, you know it now. Like, we're laying it all out. We tell you about Flint. We tell you about Kwame. We tell you about the government. We tell you about the crime. We tell you about the young people. And you get people to open up. Like, if, if we if we suppose something, we tell you that. We don't state it as fact. But these things come true. And here's what I'm telling you. Same shit. Same players. 
different year. Guess what we've been through? A long circular drive to nowhere. Feels like we've gone no place here in Metro Detroit. I can't shake the feeling to this week that it's 2013 all over again, Mark. Kwame Kilpatrick is free and in the headlines after a midnight hour commutation from the outbound train wreck known as Donald J. Trump. Kilpatrick, who served seven years for a racketeering and bribery scheme, never admitted guilt or apologized for bilking the people of Detroit. This commutation is strongly supported by prominent members of the Detroit community, the White House said in a statement. And that was, what was that, Wednesday? Did they say that Wednesday? Mm -hmm. Yes, want to get it right. The White House continues, Mr. Kilpatrick has taught public speaking classes and led Bible study groups with fellow inmates. So there's that. It should be pointed out that Donald Trump granted Kilpatrick a commutation, not a pardon, meaning Kilpatrick is still guilty of his crimes, except that he won't be serving the remaining 20 years on his sentence. He will report to probation for the next three years and pay $1.5 million in restitution. And it should come as no surprise. If you listen to this program, you know. Trump excused a platoon of criminals and creeps during his tenure, including political hitman Roger Stone and Rod Blagojevich, the former Democratic governor of Illinois, who was released by presidential decree after serving just seven years of a 14-year bid for public corruption in an attempt to sell Obama's Senate seat. Besides, fair is fair, other mayors of big cities convicted of public corruption have received far lesser sentences. Remember, Sharp James of Newark got 27 months for hooking up his girlfriend with city real estate. He served a year and a half. And earlier this year, former Baltimore Mayor Catherine Pugh received three years for fraud, conspiracy, and tax evasion. Now, hopefully we're getting him on the line. I go. I know he's at his kid's thing, but I called Pete Carmanos Wednesday, and as you know, he said, and he's been consistent, the punishment did not fit the crime if there was a crime at all. Now, I'd say there was, but this is America. But Kilpatrick isn't the only ghost of 2013 still haunting the public mind. There's former Governor Rick Snyder charged last week with a minor wrist slap willful neglect of duty in the Flint water crisis that left dozens dead and thousands poisoned. That whole deal was set in motion in 2013. And to this day, not a single person has done a single day in jail. And while Snyder has repeatedly apologized for the debacle, he pled not guilty last week to having any knowledge that the water was dangerous and was killing people. And in the meantime, as we've told you here and only here, Dave Masseron, the bond attorney who put the Flint financing scam together, was hired last month ahead of Snyder's charges by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Masseron is now the powerful state budget director. To date, he has not been charged in the Flint matter, nor has he apologized. And who is David Masseron's benefactor? Mayor Mike Duggan, who's running for re-election this year. As with Masseron... Duggan was a heavy influence in the life and the making of the political career of Kwame Kilpatrick, Kilpatrick, offering him advice to the end and fundraising help throughout his career. What did Duggan say this week? Dig it. 
Kwame Kilpatrick is a person of great talent who still has much to contribute. This is a decision President Trump got right. That's what he said. But you will remember back in 2013, Duggan was a write-in candidate for mayor against Benny Napoleon, who died last month, sadly, of COVID-19. Napoleon, a longtime Detroit Politico, branded Duggan then as a crook for, among other things, faking the turnaround at the Detroit Medical Center, the public hospital system. The system skippered by Duggan ended up paying a $30 million fine to the federal government for fraud and kickbacks involving Medicaid and Medicare, one of the biggest settlements of its kind at the time. Since winning uh, that election and re-election, Duggan has gotten himself a pair of federal grand jury investigations for the abuse of federal money involving the city's demolition program that used, in some cases we know as a fact, poison dirt. It grows increasingly doubtful that charges will come in that four-year probe now that Duggan's pal, Joe Biden, resides at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Today, as then, Detroit crime is at unlivable levels. Last night, cold Thursday, last night, three homicides. For the year to date, shootings are up 100% from this time last year, which were up 70% from the year before. You see what I'm saying? Guess what unemployment was in 2013? 16%, the year of the bankruptcy. Right now in Detroit, the jobless rate hovers at around 19%. Like then, we have a pension crisis looming. Public safety unions have not negotiated new contracts. And it's doubtful that the tax receipts will rebound once the COVID pandemic clears. Now, Trump wielded his pen. And just like that, almost nobody in Detroit is talking about Biden's return to the White House. Kilpatrick, still guilty but free. And to me, it's the same as it ever was. We have gotten Pete. We got Pete. Bring him on. He's there. Pete Carmanos, what's up, brother? Hey, getting ready to play uh, some hockey in Ohio. You're still playing? You're not afraid of breaking that hip? No, I'm not playing. My kids are. Ah, right. Why Ohio? Because you can't play in Michigan? Can't play in Michigan. Get the fuck out of here, really? Yeah, she just changed it to, like, the, you know, I don't care. Yeah, it is what it is. Pete, listen, you've been lobbying, you've been by Kilpatrick's side since everything went haywire. You never quit on the guy. Why now? Why did the White House now commute the sentence? I don't have a clue. I'm, I'm glad they did, but I don't know why. Is it have anything to do with the pressure you put on? Look, you've been a long time. You're a big contributor to Trump, big contributor to the Republican Party. You made it known. You reached out. You got the letter to his desk. Did that have something to do with it? Uh, look, all I got, all I did was get whatever Kwame was writing and made sure at least had a chance to get reviewed by the president and his, and his staff. That's it. You know, and, and Kwame's out because uh, he's he's uh, really good at researching what was going on. You know, he still owes a shitload of money, and uh, he got a commutation, not a pardon. 
that that was the important thing to me that the guy ends up spending his all, whole life in jail for something other other mayors, other politicians have gotten as little as three months for, or as much as seven years. All right. Yeah, so that's the guy, true. Yeah, he served seven years. Uh, the the uh, uh, government can bitch about it as much as they want. He did all these horrible, horrible things, blah, blah, blah. But you notice they never say what horrible things they did. They were just horrible things. All right? And that's all anybody ever says. Oh, he did all these bad things. Well, you know, what? bid rigging, that, you know, he can't explain how he's got a million dollars in his bank account. Oh, the city goes to shit. Charlie? Yeah? He doesn't, he doesn't have two dimes to rub together. I know. Here, Pete, all I would like out of the guy, look, I'm the guy that said, look, he's guilty. If they're giving him 28 years, then everybody gets 28 years. But nobody's getting 28 years. Trump didn't clean the, uh, clear the swamp. He didn't drain it at all. The only people that got convicted in Trump's tenure were Trump's guys and Trump himself. So nothing changed. I say if... Others aren't doing 28 years, then yeah, seven would be sufficient, but I sure would like an apology and an admission of guilt because, you know, the president didn't pardon him. Let's, let's, let's just suppose that you were in that situation and you felt you hadn't done anything wrong other than being an arrogant black guy. All right. Uh, I am. Would you, would you be likely to apologize? Yeah, I would apologize. I would apologize even if you hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah, but he did. I, I don't know, uh, Karen. You worked, you worked with Kilpatrick, did you not in his administration? That's that correct. What's your I take did. on this? Between, um, I respect Pete immensely. You know what I mean. Stick by his guy. Doesn't matter. He thought it was unfair. What do you see here, Charlie? I've been saying this since day one, and took a lot of heat in the beginning for not throwing him under the bus because I didn't believe he belonged there. Um, I agree with Pete. I mean, you know, I mean, there are people that, that, that look at this and see things differently. Um, people have tried to make him the poster child for Detroit's downfall when there are so many factors that contributed to the demise of this city over decades. Absolutely. Um, and he became the convenient um, person of blame for, you know, uh, several reasons that happened to align at the time. But like you have also said that if Kwame is guilty, we've got people sitting in that same seat, people that are still walking around that are also guilty. But I'll tell you this, and Pete, you and I have talked before. I certainly appreciate the fact that you have stood up and stood by someone and something that you believe in, because there were a lot of business people that benefited from Kwame who never said a word, who walked away and turned their back. So, you know, integrity, integrity speaks very loud. And so I, I that that's admirable of you. Thank you very much. Uh, you're, you're welcome. I, uh, I just, you know, when I was a kid, I get in a lot of trouble when I see something wrong. I get in trouble in school. I, I mean, I remember getting thrown out of a class because this, uh, uh, Indian instructor, uh, was having a hard time communicating, and some gal raised her hand and said, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? And uh, after a while, he started screaming at her. And I ended up walking down towards the front of the class and saying, hey, they, he, she can't understand you. 
All right. And he said, Mr. Carmanis, you're out of here. And I was walked out of the class and I was thinking to myself, why? Why do I always, always end up in this situation? Um, but Kwame's the same way. I can't just sit there. This is a guy I worked with. This guy had a lot of respect for. He's a smart, smart man. All right. And he's getting kicked by everybody. And uh, they, they do that to him, put him in prison for 28 years. 28 years. Daddy, 28 right. years is nuts. Still say he yeah, did it. And, 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 that, and he's put in prison by Democrats. Yeah, but now here's the thing. We had a Republican in office. We had no movement on the demolition in Detroit. Nothing on Flint. What fucking swamp, Pete, has uh, Kwame Kilpatrick called you? No. Hmm. Do you expect in a call? No. Will you give Mr. Kilpatrick a job if he needs one? He's got a lot of retribution. Uh, if, if I have a job for a top-notch salesperson, you're damn right I would. Huh. All right. There's I don't news. know whether he'd take that job. There's news. So I can say, Pete Carmanos, if there's if he has work, Pete Carmanos is willing to hire Kwame Kilpatrick. If I have if I have the proper job, yeah. So, uh, Mr. Kilpatrick, you should call Mr. Carmanos, send your resume. Because we do know this, Pete. He's a hell of a public speaking instructor and a Bible study leader <laughs> as, as he was in prison, which is... Noted in his commutation <laughs> papers. So, right. make a motivational speaker for you. All right, I know you yeah. got to get to the game. Appreciate you taking the time. Tell All Danielle right. hello, Pete. Thank you. I, I will. Thank you, guys. Nice. Uh, have a nice weekend. You too. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, my brother, now, Adolf Mongo. This guy, I want to tell you all out there, this is the guy when I came here in 2008, not as a young reporter, but new to Detroit, he took me under his wing. He explained things to me. I don't. I, I never really figured out why, Adolf, but, you know, <laughs> like, it, the guy's like a, I can't say it as a reporter, but personally, it's like a big brother to me. He's, you know, he didn't let me fall through the crap, cracks of, of being a goof. Reporter didn't know what was going on. So, Adolf, I remember 2008 when Kilpatrick was packing his bags and you called me out and me go, he's packing his bags. And Charlie, you know what? They're not a book in his office. He didn't have one book in his office. So he didn't appreciate the history of this town, did he? And when he come from a different generation, this is the internet, uh, social media. Uh, you, uh, When Coleman Young was the mayor, he had a ton of books, history. Uh, Dennis Archer, I met with Dennis Archer a couple of times, law books, you name it, he had it. But this guy had just pictures of himself with celebrities. But that that was the nature of the beast. This is what we dealt with. You know, he got busted over uh, uh, text messages. You know, uh, at city city owned phones. So and, and and they went after him because, as I said before, all he did was lie about getting some phone time. <laughs> well, you know, we had the lead. Um, agent in the FBI come in this program months ago and lay out the whole case, played wiretaps, etc. So putting that together with what I know and knowing guys like you and Elric and Schaefer, seems to me it went like this. 
They opened a book on Kwame, or at least uh, corruption in Detroit and Cobalt Hall in 2002. This thing was creeping along for years, sort of like demolition, sort of like Flint, destined to probably die. Mm -hmm. And then the sex messages come out, and the perjury, and then the pressure. And I think the tipping point where the feds they get- ne They never uh, prosecuted anybody for perjury in right. the courts. Right. They treated Kwame Kilpatrick uh different than they ever treated anybody that been accused well of it's crime. true it's true but let's face yeah. it like when you have a raft of lynched. text messages lynched. it's he kind of okay he was lynched I, i'll get to, by the way by the way lumbo let me finish that point i'm just speaking of the lynching ad that famous lynching ad but I don't think the feds were hot on Kilpatrick's ta tail until the text messages. And I still don't think they were going to do much until he pushed the cops off of his porch. And that's when the governor starts coming after him. That's when he's going to have to make restitution. That's when he's going to do time. Do you agree with that? Well, he got set up. <laughs> they, they sent those cops. They should have, uh, the county uh, deputy should have never been. Uh, at his sister's house, uh, the governor, uh, lying ass, whatever she is, uh, you know, turned on him. Everybody got a piece of the pie. He was he was right for the picking. Well, let's get this big black arrogant uh, thug out of there. And everybody from Mike Cox to uh, Grand Home to you, you name it, they got a piece of them. And then the real crooks are the ones that benefited from this and they and they escaped all these contractors and the only other contractor that got uh sent to jail was Bobby Ferguson. Why was he the only contractor that went to jail? And you can name five, six, seven of them. I agree. And you know what? And I'm not gonna name any of them, Karen. They're, okay. they're prominent. They're involved in the Wayne County jail debacle where $400 million evaporates. They were involved in the Flint infrastructure. And I'm looking at this shit, right? Black, white, Republican, whatever. I'm like, I'm look at, look at my face. Look at the wrinkles. This, it's, it's so obvious. The evidence is irrefutable and nothing. So I, I again, I'm like, bro, you did. It's all, it's all about racism. It's all about racism. And I was happy that that idiot that used to be 45 uh, let him go. And uh, listen, Kwame don't owe anybody any apologies except his family for being away for seven years. I just disagree. But see, we're like, no. you and I are like brothers. And I, I ain't going to hate you for that. But yeah, race plays a piece in everything. But you did shit. Duggan's done shit, right? The mayor of Flint did shit. We get the only guy that answered is this guy. That's fact. Upsets me. And again, the superstructure, those with the money, nothing ever, nothing ever happened to Wall Street. Look, look at Snyder. He got a, a tap on a, a knuckle. People died. They died from Legionnaire disease. From uh, uh, poisoning uh, by the water. GM wouldn't even use the water because they said it messed up their machines. Yep. And, and and it was on Snyder's watch. Snyder and got a pass. Let me. And I don't want to make. I don't want to make an ugly comparison, but I just got to let you know, Chernobyl, hmm. right? 
Iron Curtain, Ukraine. People went to prison for it because people died. It was government malfeasance. Again, they got commuted after three years, but the government must be held responsible. You can't just say, I'm a government, um, I'm a, a public representative, and therefore if I fuck up, that's you just vote me out. No, man. You got to be held accountable. That's why the country is angry. Because you know, you know, Charlie, that uh, Kilpatrick can run for office. He can run for federal office, not state office. Right. Yeah. He can run for Congress. He can run for Senate, can run for president, but he can't run for any state. office. you, you, You know what? I see him in Atlanta. Because I see Atlanta, I mean, even whether it's political or whatever, because Atlanta is what Detroit should be. But he doesn't have to be here for his voice to have some influence into what's going to happen. Why would he want and to no be question, here? And no question, we got a congressman in Florida named Alcee Hastings. He was a federal judge. He was accused of taking bribes from the mob to fix the trial. He was impeached by Congress. He was kicked off the bench and he got revenge against uh, his fellow black Democrat, and he ran for Congress almost 20 years ago, and he's been in Congress. So he, he redeemed himself. He's, he's, a, he's an excellent congressperson. So all these people saying, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. Oh, he don't need to come back to Detroit to be a voice because there's folks that don't like him that's glad that he's out. They want to hear his voice. He has a voice, Damn. and he's smart. And and he can and he, and he can re, and he can get redemption. I agree. Look, and you know, I prison system should be designed in part to help a person redeem him or herself. So, fine, convicted. He did the time. He was commuted. I would just like an admission and an apology because I get to watch when the money's missing and the ambulance doesn't show up. What about the baby killers that killed all these babies in Iraq and they got found guilty by the military and Trump let them off? Yep. The Navy SEALs who urinated right. on uh, No the apology. Therefore, they got they offered no apology, no admission. Oh, so I got no got time pardon. for them. They got pardoned. They got their rank restored. They got uh, a pardon. So the bottom line is this... This guy is supposed to come out and say, oh, you know, I'm so sorry, Massa, for, for messing <laughs> up. No, don't need to, he don't need to say anything. He need to go and be with his family and plot his future. I agree. Well, that's where we go from now. And, you know, like, let's put it to bed. It's over. Right? The air is over. It's over. It ain't, it ain't over. But even if he did apologize, some, some, that's not, not going to be enough for folks. No. You know, no. I mean, then it's something else. I mean, that, that, that's look, not, not you, Charlie, but a lot of people are saying that. But then what? Like, then what does it take to say, okay, you know, we're good. You have a second chance. Let's move on. Then what? What's the next rung in that ladder? I, I don't look at life like that, Karen. Life's not a thing to be plotted out. You just you live in the moment. And you do what's right, and everything. Yeah, I understand, after, but I'm saying. Well, I'm just are, saying. I mean, I don't. Are asking for an apology, and then what? But and then yeah, and then let what? let, let events go as they will. He did what's right. He served seven years. What else? Yeah, he cut his hand off and give it to you. That's not enough. He killed himself. That's not enough. It's never gonna be enough. In other words. He to tell everybody, screw you, fuck you. 
I got to I got to live my life. Well, uh, let me just go back and say, well, it's the same as like the white contractors you're bitching about. They didn't apologize. There's no admission of anything. And it goes on. That's all I would like is like, yeah, I did that. So we know we have some kind of control over the mechanism that governs us. Let me give you let me give you this. There was an interview with our sitting mayor, with Rup Raj, when there were questions about steering contracts for demolition dollars. And he said in that interview, I'm I lose sleep over this. I'm sorry. Is that why nobody else has said anything else about it? Is that all anybody looks for in terms of, okay, well, you screwed up $250 million, but you apologize. That's okay. Which one is it? No, what I want is you're going to go through the justice system and then you're going to apologize. And listen, I lived through the era of Kobe Young where they fucked with him for the whole 20 years that he was in office. They fucked with him 20 years before then. Uh, and listen, he didn't apologize for being who he was. And, uh, Hey, and let me do this. Hey. Let me, let me, Hey, all y'all around the world who know something about Detroit, the mayor in 1930, Charles Bowles was removed from office. He was clanned up and mobbed up the mayor right. in 1939. Richard Reardon went to prison in the forties for kickbacks, as did the sheriff, as did the prosecutor, as did a hundred cops were charged. The last Republican mayor of Detroit, oh, Louis Mariani, went to prison in 1969 because he no, could you not- missed You missed one. Cobo died before they were indicted. He stole all the money as a, as a city treasurer. Okay. Yes. Okay, throw that in. Oh, yeah. Now we know, the era, we know the era well <laughs> of Coleman Young. Ed McNamara, the Wayne County executive, died before he could be indicted for contracts related to Metro Airport. There was Bob Focano and that whole scandal. Kwame Kilpatrick, Mike Duggan. So this isn't a black guy thing. This isn't a white guy thing. This isn't a democratic thing. It is a black guy thing. It, it, is, is, a, a, it is a culture of ours that's got to be rooted out. Listen, Mary look how we're living. Got, got elected to the city council after he admitted he stole uh, money. He he was selling positions and stuff. And, uh, the bottom line is, Connie Kilpatrick was was the poster child of, of 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 folks who wanted to say blame him for every ill uh, that Detroit experienced. And this guy was a good mayor. And you know, Ooh. he, he, he no, made some mess. I disagree. I, I, I was here. I, yeah. I'm the guy that got through the books. Man. You know, he was a good um, man. overall, he was a good man. Mike, Mike Duggan said it was a good move by Trump and Kilpatrick's it got was. a lot of talent. What is the relationship between Mike Duggan and Kwame Kilpatrick? Well, you got to ask the mayor. Uh, you know, uh, they I all have. come from the Magna Mayor uh, administration. Uh, Bernard was uh, chief of staff for Ed Magna Mayor. I worked with the McNamara administration. Uh, I enjoyed it. McNamara, smart, savvy politician. Uh, I had the pleasure of working with him and of Coleman Young. And I worked with uh, Mike Duggan uh, on occasion. So uh, they all come from that, that uh, the womb, I say, <laughs> of McNamara. So, the, you know, they know each other and he, they respect each other. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised what Coleman Young gave Charlie Beckham 
a hundred thousand dollar contract when he came out of the federal prison system, and and he did not apologize for it. That's why I was glad to hear. Let me that tell the listeners: Charlie Beckham give him a job. Goes to yeah. prison under Coleman Young for again. Watch this. Listen. Water department contracts. The same thing Kilpatrick went to prison for. Same thing going on in Flint. Charlie Beckham gets out, gets a job, and serves for every administration thereafter. Good guy, smart guy. I'm just saying, when you get hit, try the private sector. You're done. You don't, no, you don't no, let a pedophile out of prison and allow him to work at a children's circus. You don't. It's you're done. You apologize, I let you go, it's cool. Until you treat everybody the same. Yes. No. But we're no, not but getting that. Everybody in America don't. knows it. But I, you don't. Okay, but I'm gonna don't. I'm gonna any last word. Karen, Adolf, because now I'm done with this. It's over. What should we look for in the in the upcoming years race? Everybody's waffling, sitting on the curb, talking about who, but nobody wants to run against Duggan. What's your take on it at this point? I know it's early. Well, Duggan's going to kick him in the ass. All these folks, they talk a good game. And, and, and when you want to be the opposition, the loyal opposition, you should have started your campaign last year, raising money, putting a team together. And these folks want to wait till two weeks before uh, the primary uh, to run. Yeah, Duggan got the organization. Duggan got the people. Duggan got the uh, fundraising mechanism. And he's gonna be hard to beat. Yep, that's the that's the rule in politics. Money wins. That's the deal. No question about it. All right, man. Thank you. Uh, you want to hang out? Beautiful. If not, free to go. Love to have you stay. But uh, we're gonna get to uh, our man on the street, comedian Detroit Red, went up to the Capitol to report on the goings on there this uh, past weekend. But before we do that. Uh, Red is sponsored by ADR Consultants, experienced, overseeing more than $250 million in private and public construction projects since 2001. They are competent, ADR. ADR is honest. ADR is ethical. ADR is smart. Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Yeah, any of it. Listen, increase your bottom line. ADR saved clients millions. They are experts in procurement and government compliance. ADR Consultants, 248-318-9424. Now, Red goes to the Capitol. God bless him, it, man. It's it going to be wild, right? Yeah. Oh, my God, Rednecks go crazy. They're coming with their guns. So if there's going to be a Redneck with a gun, there's going to be a lot of media. Red gets up real early, Karen, and makes his way to the Capitol and his innate ability to figure things out. He's great, man. Should we call him? Nah, we leave it. Let's see what he does here. Yeah. You ready for him? Yes. What up, though? Yeah, I'm down here at uh, Lansing, Michigan. We're here for uh, our Trump supporters' <laughs> last stance, as I like to call it. Uh, we got reports that it's News with to be tune. groups such as uh, Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys uh, coming down. Sounds more like a gang fight off the West Side Story than an actual protest. <laughs> I got here pretty early because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss nothing. And uh, let me tell you, getting here at 6 in the morning, I ain't missed shit because uh, apparently... <laughs> No, mu- no matter how much they want to make America great, they just don't want to do it before 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I want to I wanna all be y- y'all's friends on Facebook. No bullshit news. Oh, you want to hold it? Yeah, I got you. All right. Yeah, we on? Yeah. 
Yeah, this no bullshit news. Downtown Fallujah. And who am I talking to today? Wayne Coper. And Wayne Coper, are you here to support the protests, or what, what, what's your purpose out here in Lansing today? I'm here to counter protest and just make my neighbors look silly. Unfortunately, they haven't shown up for me to do so yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thought and uh, they could have picked a warmer day to do this too. Um, let me ask you this: I see you wearing the Michigan Nerf Militia. Can you tell everybody what that is? We are the Michigan Nerf Militia, Shirky Jackass Unit. What? So before a few of you leave, can I get who was in the crowd here? Because my supervisors want to know who all is here from the media. State police. So State police. Uh, take immediate names. I'm live. I'm live. Out of media. Norwegian National TV. Norwegian? Norwegian. Right. Welcome to Michigan. Did you bring the snow with you? Thank you guys like home. Thank you guys. Be safe. NBN News with Charlie LaDuff. We're going to be here all day, so we'll make contact you say, you say Charlie LaDuff? Yes, sir. Okay. I know one of y'all favorites, right? I love Charlie LaDuff. Yes, yeah, right. Hey, as long as I'm recording, I do too. No, I'm not. <laughs> So, Timothy, what group are you with today? I'm with the Boogaloo Boys. You're with the Boogaloo Boys. And why are y'all out here today? What's We've had an, we had an event planned for over a month, a unity event. It was supposed to be an opportunity to bring out uh, protesting factions of left and right, such as the BLM movement, Trump supporters, Antifa, and 3 percenter militias, to have a, an opportunity for civil dialogue and to redress our grievances as an American people against our government. So being from the Boogaloo Boys, you said your message is about unity. Do you think representing with firearms gives that message of unity or does it make people I think a it's a necessity. Standoff? I think we have to secure our rights and one of the best ways is by exercising them. And now I got to ask this, like brother I, to brother. Do you Trump ever shit. feel odd when you go to a Trump <laughs> rally and it's only a few of us in the crowd? Not particularly to determine that. Just because so, I'm so basically, because I'm black, don't mean I can't support orange. Basically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very simple way of putting it. Thank you for not, for cutting it down to its basic. No wonder they call you no bullshit. I get it. You know? So, now, are you just an individual Trump supporter, or are you part of any group? Um, not any particular group at the moment. I was going to say that there are groups I'd like to join, but at the moment, no. Uh, like what type of group? Um, Proud Boys. Uh, there's, uh, you know, that that to me is one. I, I happen to like what they're about. Now, I, you know, I have to tell you, you know, the Proud Boys think it's kind of funny to take dildos and stick up their behind. <laughs> Who does that? Uh, Gavin McGinnis. He's admitted to it. <laughs> I've seen it physically, and he thought it was a hilarious joke. Okay. Well, I guess... Gavin thought it was funny then. <laughs> and do you also know they believe in not masturbating? Oh, no. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, I ain't being funny, but everybody needs to jerk off every now and then. <laughs> yeah, clearly not something they put on their website. But, you know, hey. But, hey, I mean, if they don't, they don't. I mean, that's, that's what it is. We may not agree on that. <laughs> so, so the non-masturbation thing is not a no for you? I guess not. I done seen more people turn up for a Milli Vanilli concert than I have turn up for this damn protest. Matter of fact, it's more military and media out here and police than it's actual protest participants. I could have did this from the Facebook Live and would have probably got a better response. <laughs> good job, Red. That's great. He's pretty freaking good. Yeah, he's sharp too, man. He's quick. Quick uh, on his feet. That was hilarious. That was good. <laughs> to, to me, like, you know, I was talking to Red about it. And sorry, Red, I know you're listening, man. I forgot to call you up. But 
that was probably the best report from the Capitol. Like, Red noticed something like this. Nobody's there. The media's doing the same story at the same time on their stations. Very serious. This is the uh, Michigan State Police. We're expecting uh, art militia. And they never come. And there's this aura they're pitching of, like, impending doom, right? And then when the Boogaloo boys show up, because no one else. Like, hey, we're supposed to get some guns and stuff. Yeah. They got mobbed. Like, it was, okay, let me now bring in, because he's shaking his head. Magnus, hey, how you pronounce your last name, bro? Panvidia. Panvidia. And you're a Boogaloo boy. Yeah. And before I ask what that is, explain what Red was telling me. Like, did you get mobbed? Was it like... Oh, it was, we were we were swarmed. It was it was to the point where we were having to yell at these journalists because we're walking up to the state capitol building and we all have firearms and they're walking two feet in front of us backwards with these big cameras, almost tripping all over each other, fighting each other. And we had to yell at them like, guys, we have guns like we don't want to trip over you or bump into you or something back up. And they just followed us everywhere. There was, there was multiple times I was trying to go smoke a cigarette and just like get away from the crowd and just like geese following someone with a loaf of bread all back and forth across the lawn. <laughs> right. And, and how many other groups like you were there? None. Oh, uh, uh, there was, there was us. We showed up with a couple members of a local BLM organization and then a couple members of a local anti-fascist organization. And that's kind of who we walked in with, but that was, it was just us. Uh, the Trump supporters that showed up there, we had no idea they were even going to be there. Mm-hmm. We walked, we walked in like, Oh wow. So what you were the, here. <laughs> you were the only show in town. Yeah, for the pretty media. much. Okay, now, what is a boogaloo boy, really? I mean, I, I thought a, I thought you guys followed the insane clown posse. <laughs> I, I really thought that a year ago. I didn't. What are those called? Juggalos. Juggalos. Jugg- yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, we're just we're just a libertarian anarchist movement that's popped up over the last couple of years across the country. Uh, real, you know, quick rundown. Uh, we hate both political parties. We think they're all corrupt. We don't think they'll never do anything for us. We're sick of it. We need real change. We need real things that be different in this country. And we don't think Trump or Biden or Obama or Bush or any of them will ever save us. And that's kind of, you know, be all end all of it. So you're the middle ground gun guys. Yeah. Pissed off gun guys. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, libertarians, green party, you know, people that have left both. We're outside of the political spectrum, kind of. All right. Let me do this, Magnus, because somebody sent it to me and- it struck me, uh, this, this video is you delivering a state. This is a part of your statement. And I played it for my wife, and I, and I turned the screen around so we couldn't see what the costume was. No offense to that, right? And I said, listen to what he's saying, and I'd like everybody, just listen, and then we'll, we'll come back to Magnus here. Now, as every state does, helicopters throws, above. the government lashes out th- further. 30,000 National Guard are deployed to D.C., Weapons of war roll down our streets. Social media mega corporations launched a purge of all left, right, and libertarian voices who oppose the political establishment of both parties. This may be the last chance I get to warn the government of the United States. The people before you, we are the rational ones. BLM, Antifa, Boogaloo, and right-wing militias, they are the antibodies, not the disease that is destroying our country. The disease is a country run by two corrupt political parties that do not care about you. So deeply, deeply, so deeply incestuous with corporations that they are indistinguishable from each other. 
A government that spent six months debating whether to give their own people $600, but only 24 hours to unanimously agree to give billions of dollars to foreign tyrannical governments and corporations. A government that has bombed villages overseas my entire life for my supposed safety here. This is a call for unity. For all of American people that realize the true threat against us to come together. For every mother mourning the ch or children that was killed by police. For every business crushed down by state lockdowns. For every broken soldier sent to fight wars that have no point. This is our last chance to avoid either a tyrannical civil a tyrannical government or a bloody and pointless civil war among American people who do not have that much against each other and have more in common than they realize. And a message to the government. We come in peace. We do not intend to commit violence. But I am pleading with you, with tears in my eyes and cracks in my voice, if you continue to oppress the American people, they will remain rational no longer. Thank you. What do you mean by Thank that? You. I think pretty clear what he meant by that. <laughs> Magnus, I got to say, I agree with that. And anybody who knows me knows that I spend my time trying to get some order to the disorder, right? That, that we are getting eaten alive by the suits and their lapdogs, which also includes the media. But I got to ask you, brother, I have firearms. Doesn't that, it, it does. It dilutes the message when you're, when you're coming with a long arm. Why, why do that? Uh, most, mostly for me, like, you know, I could go on the whole Second Amendment speech or anything like that. Yeah, but uh, I've, been going, I've been going to, uh, to events all summer since the BLM protest started. And uh, I've been jumped by bikers. I've had guns pulled on me. I've had people, you know, steal my stuff and mess with my property. And the police just watched. Like they, they were usually maybe 10, 15 feet away in their little riot line or riding their bikes around. And they would just watch people just get beat up and watch people get stuff stolen and they wouldn't do anything about it. So at this point, and especially after uh, people showed up to my house and were throwing rocks at my window and telling me they were going to kill me, I, I would shower with that thing if I could. So I won't, I won't go anywhere in public without a weapon because I've had threats against my life. I've, you know, all sorts of craziness and nonsense. And that's kind of, you know, why I carry it now is because you can't count on the police and you got all these crazy groups running around that all want to kill each other. And assuming that we're with one group or another group and attacking us on it. And it's just, it's been madness down there. So Magnus, um, are you anti-police? Is, uh, is Boogaloo anti-police? Yes. So no police, no government. I mean, what, what then? Uh, pre pretty much, you know, we're kind of split 50-50 along the lines of libertarians who believe in a very small government, you know, legalize all drugs, decriminalize sex work, stuff like that. And then me personally and a bunch of other of us are anarchists that kind of believe, you know, especially me growing up, you know, in Detroit, that a lot of times the government causes more harm than good and people figure it out on their own. There's a lot of collectives and communes and stuff inside the Detroit area of people that just take care of each other. They grow their own food. They, you know, squat in buildings and do all of that. And those are very peaceful and, and calm areas that the police don't go into at all. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of our problems could be solved if just the government got out of people's lives. I think so, that, I go ahead, Karen. I apologize. I'm sorry, Magnus, two questions. Where did you grow up in Detroit? And two, 
what are the next three steps? I mean, when you're talking about organizations, both formal and informal, that are very hell-bent on who they are and what they believe, what are the next steps in terms of getting to the place that you see as some form of utopia? Okay, so for, for Detroit, I spent my childhood way in northern Michigan. And then after some stuff happened with my family, we moved down to Detroit. Uh, my dad's right off of Gratiot Avenue, South 7 Mile, lived there. So kind of, you know, not like, you know, deep, like deep, deep down in Detroit, but, you know, closer to the, you know, the border of stuff like Madison Heights and, and, you know, that upper point. Well, 7 Mile and Gratiot is Detroit. So I was right. just trying to think, is it Detroit or is it, you know, somewhere else? So, okay, you, right. made cut, you made the cut. <laughs> 7 Mile and Gratiot makes the cut. All right, go ahead. And then uh, what was your second question? You've repeat that. The second question is, you know, how do you begin to when you when you're talking about all these organizations, both formal and informal? Um, how do, what are the next steps in terms of getting everybody to kind of let their guard down or their barriers down? What are the steps to take to get to the place that you see is more utopic than where we are? Yeah, so that's that's kind of like my my whole hustle that I have going on there. Um, I'm a part of a group inside the Boogaloo called the Unity Coalition, and our whole thing that we try to do is we try to get these you know three percenter conservative uh, militia groups and these Black Lives Matter groups and all these different kind of you know factions to kind of sit down and talk to and like humanize each other again. Because after you know ten years of this kind of social media political climate, a lot of people don't view each other as people. And there's a lot of bloodlust in this country right now. And that's there what scares is. me more than anything. So let's, a lot talk, of people- ab- let's talk about that. Look, bloodlust. One, we both know you get more attention when you show up to these events with that gun, right? If you didn't have those guns, there's no media coming to you. No message gets out. I don't see you. That's true, yeah. right? So it is part theater. Same with, same with the Hawaiian shirts. Same with the goofy outfits. It, it's all deliberate. You know, it's not... Yep. You know, I'm not I'm not wearing this in, in when it's 23 degrees outside for a style choice. Exactly. <laughs> See, so, but that's key because this is a, a moment of political theater. Those guns that you had up there, were those locked and loaded? Uh, my, I, mine personally wasn't. Uh, one of our guys had his locked and loaded, but usually I'll have, you know, obviously the magazine has rounds in it, but safety's on. There's not one in the chamber. Uh, but it also kind of def- depends on the event because uh, I went to a protest in downtown Detroit, right in Hart Plaza, and we had about 30 bikers show up with, you know, brass knuckles and bats and pistols, and the police were nowhere to be seen. I saw them. I saw them following the protesters. Yeah. I won't mention the club, but yes. Yeah. So, like, and, and then that was the event where someone pulled a gun on me. So, it, in, in a situation like that, yeah, probably would be locked and loaded. So you don't want to be Gandhi Capitol. here. You're not. You're not pulling the Gandhi trip. You're pulling the American Boogaloo trip. You, yeah, not- I, I. I don't. I don't want to use it. It would. My life would be great if I never had to use that firearm. But I'm also not trying to be a martyr. But here's what so. I. Here's here's <laughs> what I got. That's well. I should just let that sit for a minute. I'm not trying to be a martyr. Let me say this, my young brother. How old are you? I'm 27. Man, I've been everywhere. Man, I was in Iraq. I I've been to all. I've lived here. I don't to go through the resume. Here's my thought to you. A tyrannical government. It's just a government out of control taking care of its and not the general welfare. When you wave a firearm around and you're saying, then we're, we're going to do something about it. If we violently overthrow the sitting government, the system that, that we have is also overthrown. There's no putting it back. There is no unifying rules. I agree it's fucked up, but I think it is the best system 
ever created by humankind. And this is the greatest experiment. So I'm against, I've been with the Bundy, I've been everywhere. And I say to him, when the quote unquote government comes over that hill, who is it? Who is it? It's not the guys controlling things. It's the uniform. It's the police. It's the FBI. Your brothers, people that came from circumstances like you to shed blood is not the answer. It's not. And if you have to be a martyr and you really believe this, then that's what you must be. I get, I get what you're saying, but that's, you know, that's kind of like what I agree on. And that's why I'm taking my path. Cause if, if I wanted just, you know, a big yeehaw bunch of guys with guns overthrow the government, then I would join the three percenters or something like that. I'm in this movement and I'm doing what I'm doing because I view some form of civil conflict in this country in the future as inevitable. And I would prefer a peaceful revolution through the people over some bloody civil war or some crazy armed insurrection or anything like that. What so I agree with you on that. Like, like if, if, the, if we get to the moment where people are shooting each other, then things have gone so far sideways and they'll probably never come back. Well, there is the imaging problem. I mean, cause there's very public boogaloo murder of two federal agents. I think it was in Oakland and some other guys have been arrested, you know, when they were planning something on their way to Vegas. Um, what about this crazy idea? What about changing it from an inside? Is that just something you reject? Like, you know, running for an office and changing it that way. I mean, like we've, we're, I don't, you know, personally like think that's going to work, but at the same time, I don't, I don't believe in leaving any options on the table. I push for everything at the same time, you know, so I'm pushing for getting the, both the Republican and democratic party to stop being idiots from inside while I'm also trying to help get people elected in the libertarian and green party and these third parties while also advocating like, hey, this probably isn't going to work. We need protests. We need you know strikes. We need everything. We need to come together because I've lived through four presidents and I've been promised great change and beautiful things through every single one. And things have slowly just continued to get worse. Three and being a Michigander in economic particular. Collapses. You know, yeah. I've lived, I've lived it, through four economic collapses. This mm-hmm. is the root of everything, I believe. So listen. We're going to move on because we got to get to some government fakery here. You can hang if you like. But my last and most important question is Boogaloo Babes. What are they yeah. like? You got Boogaloo Babes hanging around? Oh, oh yeah. We, we, we have a calendar, actually. Get the fuck out of here. And Karen thought it was a dumb question. The Boogaloo Babes. Is it called Boogaloo no, Babes? I, I, thought they'd be call, I thought they'd be called Boogaloo Groupies. No, no, no. These these ladies are far from groupies. They're, they're, they're tougher and stronger Boogaboos. than everyone dudes. <laughs> But uh, just look up on Twitter, Liber- uh, Liberty Titties, and you'll see all of it. <laughs> uh, wait, objectification. They they love it. Yeah, it's consensual. I'm, That's you know, feminist, I can't man. tell them what to do. They're armed women. I'm not going to f- tell them what they can and can't do. What are they wearing? Get the, here, is it, what are they wearing? Let me guess. Let me guess. They're wearing short, short uh, camo toe. <laughs> Camouflage. Camo toe. Camo toe. Uh, okay, you, give usually, us that usually, usually uh, <laughs> nothing but a firearm, actually. Give, so give us the website. Let's, 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 let's noodle around over there, bro. Go figure. What do you make of the Proud Boys? Oh, Proud Boys, Um, we're not the biggest fans of them in the world. Like we, had, like I said, we tried to reach out to every group. When we reached out to them, uh, they jumped us in Columbus. They jumped us in D.C. In Michigan here, we got almost got into physical altercations with them. Why did they, so, like, ju- why did they jump you? Like, why? 
Uh, in in Washington D.C., they jumped one of our guys just because he had a BLM patch on his plate carrier. So they just walked up and like, "Why do you have a BLM patch?" And he's like, "Well, I support them." And then they beat the shit out of him. And that was on a uh, Ford Fisher's Twitter. And then in Columbus, about six or seven of them were surrounding this uh, young black female, and they were screaming. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. They were screaming something along the lines of like, "All lives matter," besides black babies, which is like an abortion meme. Mm-hmm. But they're terrifying this woman. So like we, what uh, two of our guys stepped up and were like, "Hey, back off! Like, leave this lady alone!" And eventually, it got to the point where they just went after him and tried to beat the shit out of him. So it's like he's in- so much for you know Proud Boys is a Western chauvinist movement exactly. and, and not a racism. Whatever, man. It's like everybody keep their fucking head. Do me a right. favor, Megan. Just, just you go out there alone. and be a leader. Yeah. <laughs> be a leader and calm it down because there's very few people that can talk to regular people, and you can feel it. And I'm I'm not hating here. I'm, I try to know everybody, and I'm glad we got each other's number now. Then this program, as long as you're not a racist, you're welcome to be on here and present your views. You are a piece of the American culture, right? Read 100. Uh, my brother. So let me let me go on to before we just wrap up the show. Just a couple of quick pieces of next week's news today. All right, and then we'll we'll take it out. Uh, but the news is brought to you by David Hall Mortgage, and uh, <laughs> we want to thank Hall Financial uh, for being a great supporter of all the shows here on the Red Shovel Network. Right, Mark? Right, Absolutely. Karen? Remember, yeah, mortgage rates are currently in the twos. They're not going down. So call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month on your domicile, your castle, your place, your place of freedom. Just click the link at their website to get started, davidhallmortgage.com, or call 248-308-5000. It's 248-308-5000. And make sure you tell them the No Bullshit News Hour sent you, and you'll be treated right. You'll be treated right anyway. That's why they got thousands of five-star reviews. Love them. Yeah. Yep, Mark's used them. Hell yeah. All right, let me see what I got here. Real quick, folks. Vital records. Vital <laughs> records. It's very important. Now we're going to open restaurants a little bit. I still don't get sure. what they're going to do. You can't do carry out after 10 anymore, but you can sit down until 10. I don't get it. I don't think anybody does. But here's what I know. It's confusing. Isn't it? Very. Here's what I know. Remember we told you that perhaps half of the deaths recorded in December were vital record searches. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. But they're calling it, one of the reasons they closed down the restaurants is they, it, it could have been higher than 150 a day. But we all now know it wasn't 150 a day. These are from the past. I asked the state health department. Can I get a list of where people died or when they died? They will not provide that. Seems pretty simple. And then I say, if you're going back to the spring, where did they die? Are you including these in the nursing home home tallies? Mm -hmm. They are not. So remember, we were complaining during the height of the pandemic. We don't know how bad it is in the nursing homes. You're never going to know because statistically, they're hiding it. That's just a fact. There's been a lot of bad data collection. Number two on this data, folks, just listen because it affected your pocketbook, your child's well-being, and your own, and my brother's face. <laughs> Where was I going here? I shouldn't have there, but <laughs> I was just thinking about, I just think about your nightmare again. The nursing home data, we now know every week that at least 50% of deaths are coming from long-term care facilities, nursing homes, homes for the aged, and adult foster care, right? We know that. Here's what we know, though. It's uh, an honor system in reporting. What do you mean by that? For example, two very big nursing homes in Detroit. I go on the state's 
mm-hmm. huge Excel sheet. There's two very big ones who have recorded, and they've been certified by the state, have not recorded one death during the whole pandemic, nor have they recorded one case. Seems of, unlikely. Of COVID. So you're telling me yeah. that Detroit, two Detroit nursing homes, are the safest place <laughs> in the state of Michigan to be during the pandemic. And if that's the case, why aren't we doing a case study? Yeah, that seems very hard to believe. It's bullshit. Not much honor in that system. Number two, I'm on record. I worked the election for you, so I know what I'm talking about. That day, moving forward. Big news this week. Maybe it was last, it was last week. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says they're going to conduct the biggest audit post-election ever. Ever. Right? Okay. To address these questions. Sure. Now, I believe there was nothing systematic. But fine. There's enough questions raised that we should. And, you know, it's a, it's a democracy. And if there's still problems, figure out where they are and fix them. That's nothing wrong with that. Now, what do they call this? It's called a risk-limiting audit. Risk-limiting audit. All right. What does that mean in English? What does okay. that mean? Yeah. This, yeah. Now, I called the Secretary of State, the press secretary, explained it this way. We're going to issue a random number. Okay. And give it to all the jurisdictions. And you must pull that ballot with that corresponding number, and we're going to look at it. Okay? That's what the, this analysis is. Okay. But the official statement I get from Wayne County, and thank you for getting back because Benson's office did not. Mm-hmm. I don't take it as an insult, but you out there should. Here is the official definition. The risk-limiting audit is a statewide audit that utilizes strong statistical methodology to determine a statistical level of confidence in the outcome of an election. Okay. What does that mean? It means nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, they're going to draw numbers. Everybody's going to send ballot number 738 mm-hmm. to the Secretary of State. They're going to run the ballots through the machine. And, at the same time, they're going to hand count them and see if the machine and the ballot recorded the same vote. Okay. Pretty simple. Problem is, are the machines random? Okay, and the bigger problem is this. The ballots are anonymous. I have explained it before. They have a number at the top. That number has your address, your signature, the whole nine. Once once they prepare it to feed through the machine, they tear it off, and it's forever anonymous, meaning we could never search you, your ballot, or what was on your ballot. They said to me, Yes, you are correct. In Michigan, there is currently no way of matching the votes on a selected physical ballot to how a particular ballot's votes are recorded. Get it? Originally, how they're recorded originally. The first. All they're doing is recording one for Biden, two for. They're not taking a snapshot of your ballot. Yeah. So this thing's ridiculous. They can't trace it back. What the the ballot tab? This is what they should do. The ballot tab has your name on it, your address. They should take those. They save them. It would tell you if you're alive or dead. Mm. It would tell you if you moved out of state. It would tell you what time your vote was tabulated. And it won't tell you who you voted for. And it won't tell you who you voted for. It'll also bring bring up where your signature. Let's compare the signature because you're out. So this isn't really an audit. This is a fucking kabuki show. It's pixie dust thrown on you. Again, I don't believe, I don't believe any mass government fraud. But you're not doing anything 
to alleviate the people's errors. suspicions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you need to be doing, and this is a fact, folks, you need to clean up the rolls, Madam Secretary. We know, again, over 500,000 people, by your own admission, shouldn't be on the qualified voters list. Here is 161640-WEB in Detroit, a former and now defunct nursing home. I have here, if you can see, 22 people over the age of 102. The oldest is 121 years old. The youngest is 102. 17 of them are dead, including Esther Lowe. God bless her, 121 years old. Still registered to vote, though. She died in 2000. All the violations there, Charlie. (laughs) She died in 2000, 2000. so 20 years, and there's no clean. Now, did she vote? No record of it. No. So not to. But this creates inviting it. Yeah. Yes, and and we want okay, and below hers, uh, Edder Pickett, 115. Uh, There is, um, let's see, Minnie Bell. Minnie Bell. Oh, yeah. Minnie's died. God bless her. She walked on. Oh, poor Minnie. Nellie Burns, Imogene Bowes. Charlie Burt, Sylvester Havard, beautiful, beautiful Those are old great school names, name. man. When I was counting the ballots that night, right? When I was inputting them mm-hmm. to know how to do this, and I was seeing these Bartholomew, right? Yeah. Jebediah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what beautiful old names. Great. These people, they were born 1901, 1918, 1910. Man, they didn't get the right to vote. Yeah. Everything got stolen from them. And my grandfather, who was born black Mm -hmm. in Jim Crow, light skin enough to come up here and die white. It was the 100-year anniversary of him coming to Detroit, 1920. And I sat there looking at Bartholomew, and I'm thinking, where we've come. That his great-grandson would be doing this. And I'm telling you, the vibe in Cobo Hall was all about that. Mm-hmm. That we were trying to do something for the country. Good people. We felt it was working in a pandemic. But, madam, bullshit. Next week's news today, we will be on it and you will be answering and you need to clean this shit up. You know how you find out? Remember we had Janet on the show? Yeah. Used to live in my house. Yep. She's mm-hmm. in Texas, right? Under yeah. another name. There's a change of address registry with the post office. Stop fucking with us. Communicate. <laughs> Okay, so now to draw these random numbers, to ask the clerks to draw the ballot corresponding that doesn't even have a number, what they're going to do is this, I'm told. They're going to dig through the boxes and go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Stop! That's 738, right? There's no science to this. (laughs) If it was me doing it, I'd be like 1, 2, 3, 4, 738. That's exactly right. You know what? For me... You ain't paying me shit. The yeah, one on top is 738. Get the fuck out of here. So, in their great wisdom, it's 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 like goofballs are running government. They decide to make a show of drawing this random number. Oh, right? cool. And you can watch. Hipster millennials and goofballs and everybody's happy to be on TV. So they do a live stream for you listening. Those of you watching, you got to watch this. For those of you listening, can't see it. They take like a fold-out table. Yeah. Then they get a cardboard box and some black felt and some scotch tape, and they try to make it look like a crap table. They get some Dungeons and Dragons dice, the 10-sided ones, and they're going to roll random numbers and live stream it with a camera right over the top, right? This is the big unveiling. This is clean government, Karen. This you can rely. Transparent. See it with your own eyes. Got it, yeah. And we are going to (laughs) start with Director Brader. And Director's going to come up and roll the dice. Yeah. Here he comes. Simple. 
They got Walks two cameras. up in his skinny suit. What the hell? Oh, it goes black. And we have a five. I can't see a five. The do, live stream went black. Do you? So that's the first number of our 20-digit number for the random generator. Well, that's, that's, a, that's the first time. That's Mary Clark. Yeah, we made a mistake. Hold on a second. Uh, they made a mistake. They'll get it out later. <laughs> Here we go. She comes up with the Dungeons and Dragons dice. That guy steps in the way. It goes black again. And we have a five. Yeah, sure we have a five. Do you? Do we have a five? Oh, um, Next up will be Diana Bosworth. Third Look time? at the guy in the back there. He looks I like know, he's in know. a lineup. I don't even know what Leaning he's against doing. the blind. Who thought of this? Who thought this was okay? Third time's a charm. Now watch. Now watch. The MC is staring like wildly at like, well, like she a knows, tear. They know and we're going to stop for just a second to oh. adjust the camera to make sure everyone can see. Uh, to take the, the lens cap off? Old. Look at that tablecloth. Oh, boy. It's like the plastic thing at a kid's party. Look at this. Yeah, that's from the dollar store, Charlie. Okay, so they come back. We're going to do the live stream again, right? You got the second part of this? Yeah. Okay, so they There's figure- more. Hey, 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 wait a minute. Before we do it, hey, uh, Mannequin Joe, what's wrong with the overhead camera there, bro? Mannequin, seriously, answer me. <laughs> Mannequin. <laughs> we know he's there. I mean, they seem oh. to be switching to it. It's just, it's not showing up. So I don't know if they didn't plug in the source or like Mark said, they left the lens cap on. <laughs> it's always the most simple explanation, isn't it? Thank you, Mannequin. Back to sleep with you. Okay. <laughs> so whatever it is they did, they fix it. And they're going to start the live stream over again. Now, I got to say, this was on the local news. And this reporter's like, it's, this is going to be a rapidly watched audit. Like, nobody's watching. No, no. And it's very complicated. I'm going to have to explain it to you. And he can't explain it. They just talk about the numbers. They use that video where it goes black, one, yeah. but they cut it where it goes black. Why? Young man, let me That's give you the story. Let me help you, young man. When a story just hits you in the face, you take oh, it. Geez. You don't manipulate it to help the government out. This is a window into how bad this is. And a little tip as a person who is just um, always surrounded by technical errors and video yes. problems, you might want to test stuff out before you God. go live. I, I don't I don't get it. But, and, and you know that they should. Like the lady that fainted when she got her, her shot. You know, that's something you test out first. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they got it fixed when they went back to it. Let's see what happens. Okay, so here we go. They come back. <laughs> oh, we're gonna... Hi, welcome back, everybody. We apologize for the the delay uh again we had a camera cable um that needed to be replaced oh um, bullshit. because the camera cable was not working uh anyone on Just the live to have another camera cable the, uh, dice <laughs> yeah, there's no way they had another so cable start from the beginning what a dog um, chew on it gonna, so everybody's able <laughs> but to anyway we're back control. look look at the card table um, with the see the tape on it and everything that's embarrassing i'm sure they okay. tested it well here we go here the we go they're cable. gonna roll it again okay here we go he comes up with the skinny suit dungeon dragon he rolls it how fucking blurry that is. It's, it's Karen. They didn't focus. It looks like a one. What number is that, Karen? Can you tell? Well, who knows? <laughs> Next, uh, we have Mary Clark. What is it? She is the Delta Township. Here we go. Here we go. I'm sure they got to focus now. This, okay. is a, this is a joke. Here we yes, go. Here we go. This is embarrassing. What is that? Look at that. What is that? And we have what is that? <laughs> they all look like a one. So they got a new cable, but they forgot to focus the camera or or zoom in. Uh, okay, let's see if it gets better. This looks like something off oh Napoleon my. Dynamite. <laughs> Look at the one. tape. See the tape? Oh, that's embarrassing. Oh, God. So this is the crack. This is the historic Jeez. Oh, audit where we're not actually going to audit if you're alive, if you live somewhere else, what time they came. Look, if you did an audit, right? 
Remember the big lie that 137,000 ballots came in at Kobo at four in the morning out of 167 mm-hmm. total ballots? All you do is scan them and right. you would see that and go, hey, there is an issue. Yeah. You, would, you would scan that ballot number. That's all you would do. This is nonsense. And I, you didn't call back. That's not me, listeners. I still have it rolling on my computer. Uh-huh. And Joe, if you can go back Cut to it back again. To it. Look at the tape. <laughs> this, is, this is after my a roll. My cat sleeps in a better box. Tell me, where's that die at? <laughs> where's the die? You Wait. can't even see it because. Is there a die? Oh, no, they used a black die. The camera is not overhead, you know, perfectly overhead. So yeah. it's just in the corner. You can't see it anyway. I think that was a black die. <laughs> They didn't, but, they didn't. But, but let me say this though. This is more about their competency level. Sure. Because you could do this with an iPhone and and zoom in. I mean, there's a way if they if they just wanted to do this real elementary kind of mindless Walmart version of an audit, there's a better way to do it. This isn't it. And then you got Uncle Rico standing up against the wall. <laughs> Who drew the map? Who are these people? Hey, Who are they? Karen, he finally has his hands out of his pockets and only took about eight minutes. But he's still standing. I tell you what, they, they, they would have got more mouth. media coverage, <laughs> right? And and more views if he had a long arm. You're probably right. Dr. Or Magnus. A, oh, what is that? They're all number one. Or, or a pineapple. I got my glasses. Who thought of this? Fuck? Why not pull out those old... Uh, Who thought of this? Why not pull out that old uh, that uh, rolling cage with the... Oh, with, the hopper? Yeah, yeah. the old uh, bingo hopper. Where's Aggie Usedley? Uh, she used yeah, to do Aggie it. Yeah, Aggie Usedley. There you go. There, man. I'm Aggie Usedley. She is a lot of... The public trusts her. We see every night. Or Holy used to see her every hey, night. I think she's dead, guys. I know she's she nice. is. Rest I in peace. I think she died. Yeah. But we used to see her, uh, well, you so know... So was this whole bit. <laughs> My God, if you need some help, just call Jocelyn. Right? Oh, that's awful. Stop hiding. That's, that's not an audit. That's, that's terrible. And again, I'm that's on the record. That's terrible. That's, some, that's terrible. If fraud was committed, it was people living in their own home decided, because everybody almost out there got an application for a ballot sure. for someone that's not at the home. We all did go, gee, wow, what's going on here? I'm telling you, I don't see it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And for my friends and colleagues that said I was an alarmist, I wasn't. The culmination is the capital, right? Trump told you yep. he was going to do it. We tried our best. I'm glad I know what I'm talking about. And finally, Jordan Ruffin L. I love you, brother. Congratulations on your driver's license. I know it's just a driver's license, folks. But when you're a dude coming up in hard circumstances who's trying to stay alive and his two best friends are dead, when he finished his school by taking two city buses, when he didn't really have anybody to teach him how to drive or how to use... You stepped in and taught him, Charlie. We all did. You, this. (laughs) See, this fixed the shit. I told you. uh, Thank you, Chris Anderjack, for donating the car. Tom and, I'm sorry, your wife's Deborah, for donating the insurance. All of you for gas and driving test fees and all of that. You went to the Drew and Mike shop and you got these. Fix the shit. Be part of the movement. Nonviolent. No guns. Only in my home. You do what you want to do. Everybody's got a right to be heard. Keep it peaceful. Help the dude. I'm proud of him. Look how proud he is yeah, too there. I'm, I'm proud. Jordan is a great guy. I, I mean, I, I just, he he is, I even let him call me Mama Karen. It's like, you know, makes me feel old, but it's all good. <laughs> well, you do have that great eating guy. Pad. Just love him. I mean, just, I, I could just, he just, he, he represents an example of what we can all do together. 
I, I mean, I just do. And Charlie, thank you for taking the lead. Like I said, it's more than just giving somebody $5. Certainly that helps, but it's about caring enough to help walk them through the challenges that they encounter in life to get them where they deserve to go and to be. So, And I know this is kind of man who's going to pass it on. He's got an older brother. He's got younger siblings. And, you know, he's going to take it upon himself to teach them. Mm-hmm. So that's four from one. That's how we got to do. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, it is. I'm just proud of you. Here's, I got one thing before we go. Here's what he, we're driving back. I go, he gets in the car. I go, I'm driving, dude. Your driving makes me fucking nervous. I'm sick of you. No, I'm driving you home. So I drive him back and he, this is just about, everybody's really has it. And you just have to learn some things. He says to the driving, he starts to get in. He goes, it's a pleasure to be driving with you today. He's very well-mannered young man. And she's, he said to me, he relays, she said to me, the pleasure is all mine. And he looked at me and said, what does that mean? The pleasure is all mine. And I said, that's kind of like, you know, when you're in church and you say, peace be with you and also with you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I get it. It's great. Just that. It was a, it was a good day for all that's of us. Awesome. Especially that's a lesson learned, Charlie. That's a lesson learned. So, and we're getting his, we're getting his business acumen up too. got him a subscription to Inc. Magazine. He's going to be okay. He is going to be okay. You're going to help him with that landscape business, right? Yeah, of course. I've talked. To, I've talked to Jordan. We don't tell you everything. We're we're on it. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry about it. Drew, thanks for teaching him uh, marine repair. Beautiful stuff. It's going for the kid. Of course, life will have its struggles, but you know, congratulations. Try to love one another. If you can't, don't be violent. If you have to be, know when to quit. You may be an See you, Karen. Bye, guys. See you, Mark. See you, everybody. You may Next like week. to gamble, you might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Maybe a rock and roll addict dancing on the stage. Money, drugs at your command, women in a cage. You may be a businessman or some high degree thief. They may call you doctor or they may call you chief. You're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody You may be a state trooper It might be a young Turk Maybe the head of some bigger TV network you may be rich or poor, you may be blind or lame, maybe living in another country under another name, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, you are, you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Maybe a construction worker working on a home 
might be living in a mansion You might live in a dome You may own guns And you may even own tanks You may be somebody's landlord You may even own banks But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody But you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody You may be a preacher, preacher, spiritual pride Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair It may be somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Might like to wear cotton Might like to wear silk Might like to drink whiskey Might like to drink milk Might like to eat caviar You might like to eat bread Maybe sleeping on the floor Sleeping in a king-size bed But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Or you may call me Zimmy You may call me RJ You may call me Ray You may call me anything No matter what you say Still gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil And it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Thank you.